Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. If you have not yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. On today's show, we will be talking about the tragic shooting of Jacob Blake, the protests, and the vigilantes who took matters into their own hands. The NBA and their players protest by canceling their playoff games for the day. And as expected, the RNC was as crazy as everybody thought it would be. My name is Brian Rundle. This is Ron's House. Let's get it started. This has been a terribly sad and long week in what has really been a long, sad year. 2020 is just one that we need to delete from the record books. I'm trying to go back in my memory. I am 49 years of age, and I'm trying to think if there was a time in my lifetime where America has felt this down. It's just felt completely out. Now, of course, I can go back to September 11th, but the difference between September 11th and now is September 11th happened and it was incredibly tragic. If you were around for September 11th, there was a feeling of just despair and anger and just feeling lost. We've never experienced anything like that in this country. Nobody's ever really attacked our soil in the way those guys did during 9-11. But as I said, there was a difference. The difference between then and now is that once the dust settled, literally and figuratively, not even, the dust wasn't even settled yet, America came together in a way that really made you understand the pride in being an American. Again, if you were around during that time, it was the most prideful time I've ever been as an American in my entire life. And since then, I've always been prideful to be American. But it was after that time you just felt so much pride and that it didn't matter who you were, it didn't matter what color you were, it didn't matter what religion, who you slept with, None of that mattered. Everybody smiled at each other. Everybody hugged each other. And there was just a feeling of love for one of, of one another because we were collectively Americans. It didn't matter what ethnicity you were, except for a small amount of people. They would see somebody that looked like one of the terrorists and ignorantly gave them issues. But for the most part... There was a feeling of love and togetherness. We are four years into the Donald Trump presidency, and I would have to say that this right now is collectively the worst moment in my lifetime, and it certainly is going to make the list in maybe the top five in American history. I don't remember this country feeling as low as it does right now. When you couple it with a pandemic that's killing almost 200,000 people at this point. You have racial tension that you would think by now 
there would have been some sort of mechanism put in place in the police department where we would cut down on this type of behavior from some police officers. But is 2020, and there have been, gosh, forgive me, and I'm going to mess this up, but there's at least five stories of unarmed black people getting killed, mostly by police. There was one episode where two hillbilly idiots thought that they were going to take the law into their own hands because they saw a black guy jogging. Or let's say worst case scenario, he was in an empty house and they didn't like it. So they were going to... Just, of course, this past week, we have the story of Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake was shot seven times unarmed by a police officer. The story goes... An unidentified woman made a phone call about how her boyfriend shouldn't be on a particular property. The police came. They tried to talk to Mr. Blake. They tried to detain him. They even used a taser on him. That did not work. Now, real quick, I don't mean to get distracted here, but who are these guys who, black, white, I don't care what you are, who are these guys who are getting out of tasers all the time that I hear about? Either these tasers are terrible and they suck, or or these dudes are just made of steel. I don't understand how you get tased and nothing happens. But anyway, as they tried to talk to him, Mr. Blake decided he wasn't having it, walked around his car, ignored the police. Now, let's stop right there real quick. Let's go to the point where many people like to yell out and say stuff like, why didn't he just comply with police officers? Why, if he would have just done what the police officers said he would be okay today. I would agree with you that that is a valid point. That's a valid point. Let's say your point is dead on. You are right. If he would have complied with police officers, you know what? I'm going to take that back because there are some that have complied with police officers and they still wound up dying. So is it possible that Mr. Blake was scared that he could suffer the same fate as George Floyd did, it's possible. I don't know why that would be out of the realm of possibilities. But the story is, he didn't comply. And for whatever reason he had, he wasn't going to listen to the police. And he was walking around his car. And it was reported that he said he was going in to grab a knife. You had multiple police officers on the scene. They follow him all the way around to his car he opens up his door. The police officer tries to grab his shirt. Mr. Blake appears to reach in his car for something, and he's shot seven times in the back. Now, you can make the argument the police officer thought that his life could have been in danger. Of course, that's what they're going to go with. But watching the video, there was plenty of police officers around. Mr. Blake did not have anything in his hands. So instead of tackling him to the ground... One officer follows him all the way around the car and shoots him in the back seven times and paralyzes Mr. Blake. Now, surely, if you haven't already, we're going to hear all the lines like, why didn't he just listen to the police? He'd be live today. Nobody would have to worry about any of this stuff if they would just comply with police officers. As I said earlier, we're going to hear about his history and his past, possibly if there's anything in there to try to justify why he should have been shot for something that police didn't even know about prior to. And we're going to continue to go on and on and on in this circle 
which really, at the end of the day, makes this frustrating. And, you know, and I feel a little stupid saying that because if it's frustrating for me, what it must feel like for black people is unconscionable. I can't I can't believe we're still saying and doing this. But there's one person that leads the charge on all of this stuff, the pandemic, racial tension, and that's Donald Trump, period. End of story. This guy is the president of the United States. Take Trump out of this, put Obama in right now, and let all this happen, and let's see what the news is saying. Let's hear about what the terrible leader Barack Obama is. See, I told you this was going to happen. But these are depressing times, and I truly feel for people of color who feel disenfranchised by the system in 2020, not 1920, 2020. And, you know, we, how, ah, gosh, I mean, how many times can we, what do you say? What do you, how do you talk about it? And you do this. When is the action going to happen? And it's way more difficult, too, when you have a sector of the country who continues to deflect and defend, deflect and defend, never taking the time to at least try to understand. And, you know, something tells me some of them actually do understand. They don't want to, though. They, you know, if you side with the black people, then that means you're selling out your race. Or if you side with liberals, that means... You know, you can't show your face in your community again. A liberal? We got to start changing something. I mean, we really do. I mean, these times are depressing. They're depressing people. Heck, I kind of even feel like doing this tonight, to be honest with you. But, you know, I, I also do find this as a form of therapy. But, you know, again, I find it almost... I feel stupid talking about me being down and and therapy and all this stuff. But, you know, I think as a human being, I have the right to feel down. And I do feel like that for what I believe are the right reasons. So, of course, after the shooting, there was um, some anger, you know, and you would expect some anger in people of all colors, just like you saw in Minnesota, just like you see in a lot of places now, black, white, young, old, Everybody is out raising their voices now saying enough is enough. Unfortunately, there were some rioting. There was some looting. And, you know, we've been through this before. If you're a rioter and a looter, you're a liberal, you know, and I'm just I'm so tired of stupidity and I'm just so tired of the ease in which some people are so duped by people who know how stupid you are. So they're going to use all these words and get you so mad and so angry that you might pick up your AR-15, get in your car, have your mommy drive you to Wisconsin so you can patrol the streets. Of course, I'm talking about this douchey little dickhead, Kyle Rittenhouse, who now all of a sudden has become a folk hero for some idiots on the right. Could you imagine being so ridiculously caught up in all this stuff that you are honoring some 17-year-old high school dropout because he roamed the streets with an AR-15 illegally, by the way? So this loser's assistant 
By the way, I said he was driven there by mommy. I'm not sure if he was or not. It was rumored that he was, so it's not 100% confirmed. But as I've said before, it's funny, so I'm sticking with that, that he was driven there by his mommy. So anyway, as I was saying, he decides he's going to patrol the streets, and he's going to go protect stores, protect businesses in a town, not a state he didn't even live in. So there is video of him walking down the street, gets into an altercation with some people, apparently shoots one, and he starts running away. He trips and falls. A group of people charge him, and who knows what they were going to do to him. But whatever the case was, let's say they were going to beat the crap out of him. Anyway, he trips, he falls, and winds up shooting and killing two people. Let's say... He did this in self-defense. Well, do you remember a few minutes ago I said where people want to use the argument against black people? Well, if they would have just done what the cops told him to do, he would be alive today. Well, if this little douchebag would have stayed home and not driven to a place where he had no business being and not illegally carried a gun, he would not be in jail today. Now, the funny part about his arrest is after he got done shooting a couple people, he casually strolls down the street with his arms up in the air. This guy, by the way, apparently has a love for police. He loves police officers. He has Blue Lives Matter all over social media. He also was spotted sitting in the front row of a Donald Trump rally. Don't think that shocks anybody. But... Anyway, he's casually walking down the street with his hands in the air. There are people yelling, that guy is the person who shot people, and just walks past cops. Cops let him go, and he's arrested the next day. He was able to get in his car, drive home, and then went through the normal process of arrest. This guy had... A gun strapped, an AR-15 strapped to him walking down the street towards police officers. And the cops did nothing. In fact, in that video, you're almost waiting for them to start doing that slow clap. You know they do in movies where they just go, you know, they clap. And then it turns into like a huge applause because one guy started clapping. Could anybody not understand how that would infuriate somebody of color? Could anybody not understand how that would infuriate anybody with some compassion or some logic or some sort of brain in their head? I don't know how much more this country can take of this. I really don't. I mean, it's it's got the potential to get really, really ugly. And I really don't want to think that way. And I really don't want to say that. Not trying to say it to scare anybody, but it's potentially I mean, it's already ugly, but it's got the potential to get really, really ugly in this country. And I'll tell you, these next two months are going to be, uh, you thought the last three or four years was crazy. This next two months is going to be out of control. And again, we're living through already the most bizarre time in most of our lifetimes. I mean, when you combine a pandemic with hundreds of thousands of deaths, racial tension, an administration that is corrupt and cares only about a third of the country, and that is the people who support Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a large part as to why 2020 sucks. 
I mean, that, let's, that, that's it. There's no other debate here. He is the person who is supposed to lead our country. He has not led us through the pandemic. He has not led us through race. He has led us really through nothing. Even his own supporters. I want to ask them, what has he led you through? What is making you so happy about Donald Trump other that he trolls liberals or he blows his racist dog whistle? I mean, if that is more important to you than your health and your children's future and the climate of the country, then, you know, I, I we have no hope for you. I mean, we really don't. I mean, that's pretty sad. It's pretty pathetic. But as the protests were going on in Wisconsin, the NBA did a protest of their own, something unprecedented, something that I never thought I would see in my lifetime. But if you are familiar with the NBA or if you are not, you would understand the importance of what is going on right now. They are in the playoffs. And the playoffs, obviously, is the teams that made it to the postseason to get to the NBA Finals. And the Milwaukee Bucks, right before their game yesterday, decided their protest was, we're not playing. They just decided, we're not going to play today against the Orlando Magic. And after they did that, all the teams fell in line and said, you know what? We're behind the Bucks. We're doing that as well. We are not going to play our games in protest of what is going on, not just in Wisconsin, but in this country. The NBA is doing more to raise awareness of racial injustice than the president of the United States. That is a shame, but it is very admirable of the players in the NBA to voice their opinion on this because you could say they're just basketball players or you could say they're just athletes, but people look up to these athletes and their voice does make a difference. In fact, a lot of people will go, ah, they're just athletes and, you know, they could protest all they want. What difference does it make? Well, apparently it does make a difference because the lieutenant governor and the governor of Wisconsin have already said in response to the protest that they are going to look into some sort of police reform. So I hope it's not just talk. I hope it's something that they actually do because, again, as I said last week, we got to stop with this defund the police line, but we do need serious reform. And that is not just for the citizens. That is for the good men and women of the police department who feel like they are being lumped in with people who are ruining it for all of them. The WNBA followed suit and they are protesting their games as well. And in fact, they're still protesting. The NBA has decided that they are going to go back to playing. They had a meeting with the commissioner and the owners and everybody, and they had made the decision that they were going to go back and play. But one player in particular, LeBron James, said he thought that they should cancel the entire season. And that is a big thing for him to say. And the reason for that is if you know the NBA, you'll know what I'm talking about. So in the NBA, your legacy, when you are done, your legacy is very important to these athletes. And there is a huge argument in the NBA talk circles of who is the greatest basketball player of all time. And people tend to always argue two players, LeBron James and Michael Jordan. And LeBron James 
wanted to cement his legacy. With me, he's already cemented, but there are some people out there who still question his legacy, which I, I, I think they're just being contrarians, and I don't think they know what they're talking about. But anyway, he's towards the end of his career. However, he is playing on a team, the Los Angeles Lakers, who are one of the best teams in basketball, and LeBron James is having a great season. He was having a great season before the pandemic hit. As they picked up, they're rolling into the playoffs, and LeBron James still has a chance to win an NBA championship at the end of this year. And if he wins that championship, it is going to further solidify him as possibly the greatest basketball player of all time. Now, I will say, in the very beginning of LeBron James's career, I did not like him because I'm an old-school NBA guy. What does that mean? What that means, I grew up in the time of Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. These guys didn't worry about, first of all, they didn't even care about legacy while they were playing. They just went out and they wanted to play the game. They didn't care about the pageantry. They didn't care about the showboating. They didn't care about any of that stuff. All they cared about was winning games. And for me, when LeBron James first came into the NBA, it seemed to me like he cared more about Hollywood LeBron James than basketball player LeBron James. It was more of a show when he first came in. He was doing this thing where he was before games acting like he was taking pictures with his teammates and throwing powder in the air, which he still does, But and that's okay. But anyway, I, I just didn't like it. And plus, he also had this one-hour special. If you're an NBA fan, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But he was a free agent. And instead of just telling his team, I'm not re-signing with you, he had a one-hour special on ESPN to announce where he was going to go, which I found terribly pretentious, and I did not like it at all because it was more of a, it appeared to me as a me, me, me thing instead of a professional team thing. So anyway, not long after that, LeBron James made a decision, in my view at least, that he cared more about basketball. He cared more about winning. And not only did he prove that he is one of the greatest basketball players of all time, he has proven that he is a phenomenal human being. He does so much for boys and girls schools and he, he contributes and he donates. And this guy is just a solid person on and off the court. And for him to say, let's cancel the season, even though I can win a championship this year and possibly cement my legacy as one of the greatest basketball players of all time, really, to me, cemented himself as one of the great human beings. And I went from not liking him to he's now one of my favorite players in all sports. I, I think he's just a great person, a great spokesperson, and I appreciate what he does, as I said, both on and off the court. So I've gone over a good 20 minutes or so. I am recording this on Thursday night, and what is going on right now is the Republican National Convention. Tonight is night four of the convention, which marks the fourth night in a row that I've watched zero hours of that garbage. You know, before all of this happened with Jacob Blake and the protests and everything that's going on, I planned on probably talking more about the RNC. I was going to play clips of 
Kimberly Guilfoyle. I don't know if you heard that, but my God, she may have lost her mind. I don't know what was going on there. And that idiot that she's dating, Donald Trump Jr., looked higher than Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson, and Seth Rogen combined. I don't know what him and Kimberly Guilfoyle were doing before they took the stage, but somebody should have drug tested them because they were, it, it was just crazy. But anyway, I just hope everything gets better. This has been a very trying week. As I said earlier, it's a trying week in the most trying year that I have seen in my lifetime. But I hope everybody's hanging in there. Everything is going to get better. And one way to do that is get out and vote in November. We have to put Joe Biden in office. I don't care if you don't like him. I don't care if you think he says goofy things. I don't care if you don't like that he sniffs people's hair. Whatever it is that you think you don't want to vote Joe Biden, just relax your mind for a second, change it, and say, you know what? I can't take another four years of this ridiculousness. I will grit my teeth and I will vote for Joe Biden. But let me tell you something. Voting for Joe Biden is a good idea because Joe Biden is a good man. And I promise you, he is going to lead this country way better than Donald Trump. Way better. I feel very confident about that. Anyways, as always, I appreciate everybody listening. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can reach me at runshousepodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at brun13. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show if you have the chance to do that. I always appreciate that. Thank you again for downloading. I will be back again on Monday, and I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and we will talk to you again soon.